It's been a long walk. and It's been an exhausting and painful journey. We started that walk with Jesus back in January when we started looking at Luke chapter 9. It's there in Luke chapter 9 when Jesus is in Samaria. He's not even in Jerusalem. He's not even in Israel. But it's in Luke chapter 9. He's in Samaria, the ancient home, the home of the ancient enemies of Israel. Not, not just enemies, but Samaria was a reminder of their failure. Their failure to obey God and their failure to understand God. And it was there in Luke chapter 9 when Luke tells us that at that point, Jesus set His face to go to Jerusalem. And that was ten chapters ago. And when we hit Luke chapter 19, we are almost there. We are on the edge of the city. Just a few miles away from the city and a few days away from the cross. It's a long walk. It's a tiring walk. And the weight of the cross was getting more and more real to Jesus. It's a long walk. It's a tiring walk. Jesus has been walking and you know, He's been encountering all of these people and, and teaching. And, and His teaching is getting more and more intense. And so on the edge of Jerusalem, you can almost imagine that He's tired. And so when we come to Luke chapter 19, uh, beginning there in verse, uh, verse 29, excuse me, 28, going from verses 28 through 40, he's no longer walking. He is now riding. Uh, he arranges a ride into Jerusalem. It's on page 878 in those Bibles that you have in the pew. Passover was about to begin. The crowd was thick there in Jerusalem. The crowd was stirred up. They were excited. And Jesus was ready to make His entrance. And that's where we pick up in Luke 19, beginning in verse 28. And when He had said these things, He went on ahead of them, going up to Jerusalem. And when He drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, He sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away, who sent, were sent, went away and found it just as He had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owners said to Him, why are you untying the colt? And He said to them, the Lord has need of it. And so they brought it to Jesus, throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it, and He rode along. As He rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As He was drawing near, already on His way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of His disciples began rejoicing and praising God with a loud voice for the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees of the crowd, said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Today's Palm Sunday. The day that we remember these events. So much of what we do during Easter week is designed to put us there in the midst of those events so that we live through them with the disciples. On 
Thursday night, we'll be over at the Methodist Church for Maundy Thursday services. And on that night, we remember the, uh, the Last Supper. We remember the time that He spent in the upper room with His disciples. And on that night, we will take the Lord's Supper just as they did on that night. On Good Friday, we'll be at the Presbyterian Church and we'll remember the cross. We'll remember the crucifixion. We will sing songs about the cross. We will leave in silence and in darkness just as they did. And then on Easter sunrise, we will be back here proclaiming the risen Christ together. But what about Palm Sunday? What about this event? Where do we find our place here? You know, sometimes we choose to identify with the disciples. Sometimes Palm Sunday comes and we think that we're like the disciples. They were flanking Jesus as He rode into town. They had prepared everything. They had gone and got the donkey and they had thrown their cloaks down. So we, we see ourselves as the disciples on Palm Sunday. But within a week, the disciples will be scattered. The shepherd will be struck. The sheep will scatter. They will go running and they will deny they even knew Him. So do we want to identify with the disciples? Maybe not. Sometimes we identify with the crowd. The crowd that's yelling, uh, Hosanna, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we identify with the crowd, but by Friday, the crowd will be yelling, crucify him. Do we want to identify with the crowd? Maybe not. So where do we relate in this story? Where do we find ourselves in this remembrance? I don't think we find ourselves with the crowd. I don't think we find ourselves with the disciples. I think we identify with the donkey in this story. That's where I think that we find ourselves with the donkey. Now, I know what you're thinking. Did he just call me what I think he called me? Yes, I did. And some of you are thinking, well, I see it in my husband, but not, not so much in myself. And that's, that's okay. But this animal, this animal that, that Jesus rode on, the animal was chosen. And you are chosen. This animal was a valuable part of what Jesus was doing as He entered Jerusalem. And this animal is a valuable... <laughs> you are a valuable part. These animals are a valuable part of what Jesus is doing here as well. And this animal is an incredible reminder of the truth that we have to understand about ourselves. It, it's not about us. It's about who we carry. And so, there are two things that are said of the donkey that also apply to you and me. First of all, Jesus told the disciples that if anyone was to ask, if anyone asked what you were doing, tell, tell them that the Lord has need of it. The Lord needs the donkey. And in the same way, the Lord has need of you. So the Lord has need of you. Two weeks ago, we were looking at the story of Zacchaeus, if you remember. Uh, you remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. You remember that story? And Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree in order to see Jesus. He wants to see where Jesus is, who this Jesus is that everybody's going on and on about. So Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree to see Jesus, and it's there that, that he has this encounter with Jesus, an encounter that changes his life, an encounter that changes his future, changes who he is, changes what he's about. It changes his family. That encounter changes everything about Zacchaeus. Shortly after that message two weeks ago, Andy Flukey posted something. Yeah, wake up, Andy. Andy Flukey posted something on Facebook that I just thought was amazing. I, I just absolutely loved it. Uh, it was a great reminder. What Andy posted said this, long before Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus, 
the tree was already planted to meet his need. You get that? Long before that encounter, long before Zacchaeus had to climb the tree to see Jesus, that tree was already planted to meet his need. And it was an amazing reminder to me that you don't know the end of your story. You don't know what's being planted today that's going to change your story, that's going to change your future, that's going to change who you are and, and who you become. So imagine being the person who, uh, who planted that tree. Imagine being the person who just one day, for some reason, walking by, decided to plant a tree in that spot. I, I was kind of wondering what, what motivated them. What were they thinking about? You know, were, were, they, were they on a mission to plant trees that day? Were they eating figs, sycamore fig trees, and were they eating figs and just dropped the seed right there? Or you know, did they do it without thinking about it? But for some reason, somebody planted a seed in that spot, and years later, a tree grew that Zacchaeus was able to climb and, and see Jesus. And in the same way, for some reason, somebody tied a donkey to a post one day. Why did they tie the donkey there? Maybe there was grass in that spot, and they thought, this will be a good spot to feed the donkey. Or maybe there was some shade there and they knew it was going to be hot later that day. And so they tied the donkey to that spot to, to give the donkey shade. What, what they didn't know though was that God was working through those choices. That God had a plan. The Lord had need of that donkey. And when the disciples went to find it, there it was. And it was ready for them. The Lord has need for you. Long before you realized it, He put you where you needed to be to fulfill His plan. There was one thing that needed to be done first though. Before the donkey could be used, the donkey had to be untied from that spot, right? Someone had to come along and tie the donkey up, but then someone had to come along and untie the donkey. As long as that donkey was in that spot, he could not be used by Jesus. Go on and you read in verses 30 and 31, it says, go into, Jesus tells them, go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. As long as that donkey was tied to that spot, it couldn't be used by Jesus. There's a lesson there for us. The Lord has need of you. He has prepared you long before you ever knew Him. But the lesson is, we need to take a long, hard look at what we're tied to. What's, what are we rooted to? What's keeping you rooted in one spot? What's tying you down? What's holding you back? What is keeping you from being used by Him? Sometimes we tie ourselves to things that we probably shouldn't tie ourselves to. Sometimes we tie ourselves to other people. You know? And we, we get into relationships and situations that are not helpful and that are not leading us to the places where we ought to go. And, and we need to untie ourselves in those situations. Sometimes, sometimes we tie ourselves to addictions. We have different addictions and we tie ourselves to those addictions. Sometimes we tie ourselves to bad attitudes. <laughs> sometimes we tie ourselves to wrong ways of thinking. Maybe wrong ways of thinking about ourselves thinking about other people, thinking about the church. Sometimes it's wrong ways of thinking about Jesus. But we tie ourselves to those things. Sometimes we tie ourselves to good things. Sometimes we tie ourselves to some wonderful things. 
really good things where we're being used and we're doing good and we're doing wonderful things, but they pull us in all these different directions to where we're never really able to do what that one thing that, that Jesus has called us to do. So sometimes we have to evaluate because you know, we, find, we find safety in the things that we tie ourselves to. We find security and comfort and even usefulness in the things that we tie ourselves to. But we need to evaluate what's holding me back? What's keeping me from being useful? There's a great Scripture in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You notice what it says. Not just the sin that easily entangles, but everything that hinders. There are things in your life that aren't, that aren't sin, but they hinder. They hold us back. They tie us down. They keep us from being used. And, and those things need to be dealt with. We need to look at those. That, that's some tough calls. What do I need to let go of? What is it that's holding me back? But long before you were tied to whatever that is, the Lord put you there. The Lord has need of you. Make sure you never lose sight of that. Make sure you're ready to be used by Him. You and I are we're like that donkey. You know, the Lord has a need for us, but, but to what purpose? The purpose of that donkey was to carry Jesus into Jerusalem. And in the same way, your purpose is to bring the presence of Jesus to the people around you. And you think about Palm Sunday from that donkey's perspective. What a strange and confusing day that must have been for a donkey. You know, he's never been ridden before. He's tied there to that post or tree or whatever it is, just having a great time, and suddenly these strangers show up. He's never seen them before. They untie him. They drag him off. They put this guy on his back. He's never been ridden before. So this is a whole new sensation. And the next thing you know, they're leading him into the city. People are shouting and yelling. They throw their cloaks down, and they're throwing these palm branches down, and suddenly he's got this nice soft stuff to walk on with his little donkey feet hooves, whatever they got. He's walking along and people are shouting and they're, they're, they're screaming and they're yelling and they're waving palm branches and it's such a nice little breeze blowing on him. And, and he had to be thinking, I must be a very, very special donkey. Yeah, I'm like the best donkey in the world. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm such a good donkey. But you know, it wasn't about the donkey. It was about the one he carried. In the same way, it's not about us. It's about who we carry. Verse 35 says, And they brought it, they brought the donkey to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. In one of the Scriptures we go back to a lot, one of the Scriptures we look at quite often, says, it's in John chapter 12, verse 32. And it's that Scripture where Jesus says, If I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people to Myself. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to Myself. And we realize in that Scripture, Jesus is pointing ahead to the cross, right? He's talking about that moment. When I am lifted up, I will draw all people to Myself. But one thing we have to see is there's just a, a wonderful principle here because when Jesus was lifted up on a donkey, <laughs> people were drawn to Him. They started praising Him. They started shouting about Him. And in the same way, when we lift up Christ, when we make Him known, when people see Him because of, of who we are and what we do, when we're lifting Him up, 
People are drawn to Him. There's an important lesson for us about that. When Jesus is lifted up, He is praised. And so the lesson for us is to lift Him up, to carry His presence to the people around us. All this time, from Luke chapter 9, Jesus set His face to go to Jerusalem. And all this time, He's been walking. Walking along. But it's a donkey. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little donkey. It's a colt of a donkey that gets Him there, that carries Him into town. There are places in our community where Jesus needs to go. There are people in our lives that need to know Him. People who need to connect with His compassion. People who need to know His love. People who need to know His presence. How's He going to get there? Who's going to carry Him there? You're going to carry Him in your lives. You're going to carry them into, his, into their lives. And when you do that, other people are going to praise Him. It says there in verse 37, it says, as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Matthew, in his telling of the story, there in chapter 21, verse, verse 9, Matthew says, And the crowds that went before him and those that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! Was it about the donkey? No. It was about who he carried. But could they have praised him without the donkey? Would they have praised him without the donkey? They wouldn't have noticed him without the donkey. And in the same way, there are people in your lives who are desperate to know Jesus, who are desperate for a Savior. That word Hosanna that, that we read there in Matthew's account, Hosanna was the ancient word for save. Save me! Savior! When someone was drowning in the water there in the first century, they didn't yell, save me. They yelled, Hosanna! That's what that meant. And so they're yelling that to Jesus. And there are people in our lives who are desperate to find a Savior. They're desperate to know a Savior. They need to be able to see Him. They need to be able to recognize Him. They need you to carry Him to them. To lift Him up. To let them praise. It's not about you. It's about who you carry. And all along the way, the Pharisees have been there. All along the way, the Pharisees have been there. And they've been muttering. And they've been grumbling. Because that's what they like to do. You know, if you're a Pharisee, that's your favorite thing. You're going to mutter and you're going to grumble and you're going to complain. And all along the way, from chapter 9, even before that, the Pharisees have been there. They've been having a great time. Just muttering and grumbling. And of course, they're here in Jerusalem too. And they see Jesus. They see the donkey. They hear the crowds. And then they react and they say, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Because they called Him King. They recognized His majesty. They recognized His authority. And Jesus says, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. See, here's the thing. One way or another, Jesus will be praised. One way or another, Jesus will be recognized as Lord, as King. Now that, that is a thought that is both glorious and terrifying at the same time. Because there are people in our lives who don't know Him, who don't believe in Him, who do not, who will not acknowledge Him, but one day they will. 
Romans chapter 14, verse 11 looks ahead to judgment. And there in Romans 14, verse 11, it says, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. A day will come when there will be no excuse, when there will be no ignorance, when there will be no denying it, when there will be no, well, church wasn't really my thing, and I, and I didn't really understand, and I didn't really believe, and I thought Jesus was just this guy. There will be no ignorance. There will be no denying who He is. And then they will cry out. We will all cry out. Creation will cry out. But for many, it will be too late. So for now, they've got you and me. We're the donkey. <laughs> They've got us to carry Jesus to them. And it's not about us. It's about who we carry. It's about recognizing that the Lord has need of us and making sure that we are ready in that moment. That we are not tied to anything that's going to hold us back. That we're not tied to anything that's going to keep us from being used by Him. To keep us from carrying Him into the presence of the people that, that need Him. To keep us from carrying Him where He needs to be into the lives of people that we love so that they can recognize Him, so that they can praise Him, so that they can give their lives to Him. I'm going to sing a song here in just a minute. and It's a song we've sung for years. It's a song we sang at camp growing up. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. And it's one of those songs that we just, you know, it just always goes back. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's a promise. That will happen someday. But for some of those bowing their knees and confessing, it will be through clenched teeth. Because it will be too late. Today, they have need of you. They have need of what you carry, of who you carry, of the hope that you carry, the love you carry. Make sure they can see that so on that day, they're praising Him with the rest of us. Let's stand together as we sing.